time is it? It's Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today our guest is Abby Lemke. Abby is born and raised in West Michigan and makes her home today on the west side of beautiful Grand Rapids. Uh, we are looking forward to speaking with her about the good, the bad, and the funny. song and then I hear this radio break and the DJ goes like you're listening to Hot FM where our music will get you as pumped up as a hot nerd waiting for the Star Wars movie to come out (laughs) oh wait there aren't hot nerds (laughs) and then it goes right to the next song I was like did they hire a high school bully to do their song Abby, thank you so much for joining us on the show. Uh, we are delighted to have you here with us. I second that. Uh, welcome, welcome, Abby. Yeah, hey, it's good to be here. <laughs> All right, so uh, Abby, you joined us uh, at the Voyage Church show that we did. It's been quite a while, but um, we don't do, I always say this every time I talk about the show, we don't do a lot of church shows. We did that one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, well the, world, the world kind of changed right after that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh, think it was the fault of the show that we did, no. but you never know. No, it was not. It was not the fault of that show. <laughs> no. uh, but uh, you, we had a lot of good comics on that show. Everybody seemed to have a really great time. The audience uh, was really keyed in to, uh, to the, what we brought, and I was really happy with how that turned out. And uh, you were a big part of that. So we're glad you were there and glad Aww. you're here today. Thank you. <laughs> so oh, sweet. <laughs> that was a very, very cute off. <laughs> well, uh, so I think we just got to get through the, there's a little elephant in the room that I got to deal with. And of course, you have a famous parent. And I'm, <laughs> of course, I'm talking about Bruce Springsteen. No. <laughs> no, your mom, Sue, who works the donut counter, Robin. Yes, yeah, she she's a so huge celebrity. Cool. <laughs> I love her. She's great. I, every time I go to Robinette's, I seem to see her there. Uh, and I'm not in there nearly as much as I want to. But uh, but my pants appreciate uh, me still fitting into them. You know, I, I really wish that anytime somebody was like, okay, we have to address the elephant in the room. It was something mm-hmm. like, your mom works at Robinette's. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, something that's like a really good plot twist. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, every every time your mom sees me, there there was that moment where I kind of figured out who she was in relation to you and so on. And <laughs> yeah. the last, last time I was in there, I saw her, and of course now we're all wearing masks. And oh yeah, you know. And so how do you? Is it really that person? You play the recognition <laughs> game. You kind of identify them yeah. by the eyes. Still though, <laughs> I knew that was your mom, and. um it took her a second until I spoke. And then she's like, oh, you're that guy. Yeah, she's so smiley. <laughs> yeah, even with the mask covering the smile. You, you can tell she's smiling yeah. underneath. Absolutely. Yeah, no, she. Uh, it, it's easy to see that she's crazy about you, too. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess, uh, you know, the question then with the mask wearing and things like that um what have you been doing how have you been keeping yourself occupied during all of this 
So I've been working a lot. I work at Firehouse Subs. Um, yeah, name drop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. Which Firehouse Subs would we go to if we wanted to see? I started. So we have one on. There's one on Alpine, and I started working there. But then I kind. I started moving to different stores that the store owner needed help in. Mm, And uh, so now I'm like a general manager at the one in Norton Shores, like Muskegon area. Oh, wow. Yeah. So yeah, I do commute, but it's worth it because, you know, for the compensation that I make. So nice. And uh, how long have you been the general manager at the Norton Shores Firehouse Subs? Uh, About three weeks. Really? (laughs) I'm just kidding. I got promoted yesterday. Uh, Yeah, it was like officially today. Yeah. So, so for hours, you've been very new, very new, several hours there. Well, for every congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Yeah, it was crazy plot twist in life, but I was super grateful for it, and it it was crazy. Everything fell into place. Like it was so orchestrated. It just like was like i could have never planned it that perfectly i'm just so grateful for it i love it when things like that happen yeah i mean i'm like yeah there is a god (laughs) (laughs) Uh, can't deny it (laughs) he is active at firehouse subs yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, boy when you think firehouse um that's not the the deity that i usually think of No, I'm sorry. Just yeah. I got a mental picture there of that the so fork and the fire hose. And, yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but now I know that you recently did a show that you produced a show at your parents' church uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago when we were recording this. Uh, how did that go? That went really well. Um, I mean, my passion is stand-up comedy. I love performing it. And I sometimes I feel like I wish I could do it in other places than just bars. And I also wish that I could, like, turn it into sharing kind of just parts of my testimony and what's happened in my life Mm -hmm. um, and be able to use that as an opportunity. And I know like some people don't think comedy is like church appropriate or sometimes people say things inappropriate and everyone views things differently on like what's okay to and what's not to say. And part of being a comedian is like walking on the line because I feel like what makes people laugh is that surprise factor. And sometimes when you surprise people, they get upset and sometimes you surprise (laughs) them and they laugh. (laughs) Yes, exactly. I I always like to think, uh, I mean, I, bill myself as a clean comedian i happen to be a christian which is difficult for some people to imagine because i don't speak in a southern accent yeah <laughs> yeah but, but i just i know that uh you know finding that line um bringing light into the dark places and dark into the light places is the where it sits well for me and if you've got a testimony to share if you've got things that are relevant you're gonna have the audience um, there for that, but then also have another place where you can bring it when you're not in a church. Yeah. And I always like, when I write jokes, I try to, I mean, I know everyone ranges in like what, like, you know, what they think is okay and what's not. I, for me, I just don't have a good conscience doing some, like saying something my parents wouldn't like be okay with. And my parents are like, you know, pretty chill Christians. <laughs> so, um, I have that tattooed on my back. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a pretty chill Christian. <laughs> Lower back, isn't it? Aaron? <laughs> it's a, <laughs> a tramp stamp down there. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sure. It's a spirit stamp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I know, like, I have, like, a, I know people don't assume me to, like, believe in God and stuff because, like, I'm young and I'm a, a female and comedian. I feel like young females, like, are, you know, wear bonnets and stuff. You know, the Christian. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I just, I mean, I have tattoos. I guess I look a little edgy. Mm-hmm. I guess people always are shocked when I tell them that I believe in God. So, like, I always get an audible, like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no surprise in this room here at the moment, but yeah, absolutely. Because, I mean, as you and I have um, shared a stage here and there and with Aaron and so on, I mean, as you said, most of the time we're working in bars. And not that there's anything wrong with working in bars. It's just, <laughs> it's a different room from a school or a church or, or whatever. It's It's its own thing, especially as we've talked about on the show a number of times, an open mic. And on weekdays. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, nothing like a Tuesday to yeah. bring, out, bring out the Monday crowd. Monday night at 10. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, if you're lucky. Yeah. 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 Wow, you got the prime spot. 10. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. On a school night. Although I suppose at Firehouse Subs, you guys, what time do you have to be there? And is it? It's like you got to be there in time for lunch, but... Yeah, and like it's. I'm so glad it's not a breakfast place. So I usually get there at like seven. I leave at you know seven and get there at eight, and that's a few hours before open. So I can do. What routes do you take just in case stalkers wanted to follow you? (laughs) Let's not do that. Let's avoid that at all. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking euphemistically about leaving at seven in the morning. Don't. Yeah, it's follow that. It's not a. It's not an awful drive, and anyone driving from like uh, Grand Rapids to Muskegon. It's a straight shot because of the highway. I did it for five years. I lived in Caledonia and worked in Muskegon. Um, and uh, it, it was like, this was an hour spot on. Wow. Um, but I know you're on the West side of Grand Rapids, so it's probably only like, you know, 35 Half an hour. Yeah. It's yeah. nice. It's not yeah. bad. Um, and you can use that time. Uh, I always find that uh, it, uh, right now I'm commuting from my bathroom to my home office studio. <laughs> wow, what hard, a hike. hard to write much material. Uh, it really, it's like hard that. to really contemplate or practice or anything in that space. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay. So you've been uh, working. You produced a show. You, you're start, just starting to tell us about how that show went. Oh yeah. Um, and, oh, uh, and then we went on a rabbit trail, <laughs> which is gonna happen. So let, let's refocus. So you produced a show. It was at your parents church so tell us about what's the church and uh who was on the show or or how many comics did you have and and what did you and here's my final question to in this rabbit trail is what did you learn about producing a show that was different from just being on a show so um i really liked it a lot i think it was really good it was kind of me being able to yeah put my passion and use it to encourage people and my name means father's joy so that's what abigail means and it's really cool to be able to feel like i'm living out like my purpose or calling or my name um because i feel like names are important i think people have names and it's what you call that person all the time so whether people are thinking about it or not they're calling me father's joy i think that's speaking identity into me and it's really nice to live that out and be able to use it to yeah, just really bring joy to 
other people through a gift and a talent that I feel like God's given me. And I, yeah, I really loved being able to do that. And I would love to do it more and have more opportunities to be able to do some jokes and let people laugh and kind of just release. And then also have time to speak to them and just, you know, encourage them and speak to people where they're at. Awesome. Well, that's so exciting to hear you talk about that, Abby. That's uh, that's great. And I mean, I, I, I think that it's really important, uh, even though sometimes it's it's not accepted by everybody, but to have uh, some other purpose that goes along with comedy. If we're doing comedy just for the laughs, if we're doing comedy just uh, to be the center of attention, uh, it ends up being pretty disappointing. Oh, so you've seen my show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to hear you talk about that, to uh, see a, a, a deeper level of fulfillment coming out of it, uh, a joy, as you mentioned. That's that's just incredible. Great job. And what was the uh, what's your uh, parents' church? Um, they go to uh, Bella Vista Church in Rockford. Yeah, yeah, it's in Rockford, Can- Cannonsburg. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or no, Belding Road. Belding, Belding. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it's smaller. I did go there growing up, and um, yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. It was a great church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't imagine you just went out and did the show by yourself. Uh, how many others did you have on there? <laughs> I actually did. did you really? <laughs> oh, did you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, I did. It. So I did a 30 minute set and then I opened with an improv skit that I forced my brother and sister and dad to be in. Um, so yeah, it was a one man so, show. But so you, you opened for yourself. That's, yes. that's great. Yeah, uh, I did a wardrobe change just so it like, looked a little different. I just, that's, I really did what I could with what I had. And I just really, I really am passionate about it. And like, even if it's a one man show, I mean, do what I can to just share that with people. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Great. Oh, I'm very proud of you for uh, taking that leap of faith and doing that. Terrific. And, and for forcing your uh, brother, sister and father to be in it as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that funny. Like I need other people. <laughs> <laughs> we, we all need other people. It's kind of hard. I'm living right now paycheck to paycheck. I don't know if any of you guys can relate, but it's hard when you're dating and super broke because like I don't want to look like a gold digger you know so I have this technique of like when I go out with a guy I'm like he's about to pull out his wallet I'm like don't worry baby I got this excuse me can I speak to the manager (laughs) (laughs) works every time (laughs) and that's what happens when Karen doesn't have any money (laughs) Now, now, now you're the manager, though, right? So yeah, that's come I, full circle. It's funny because uh, I actually don't like that joke. <laughs> but um, a couple of comedians kept telling me they liked it, and so I just said it to say it because they liked it. But I personally do not like that joke as much. <laughs> well, anytime Which we do funny. comedy, we, we always start with the universalism. And especially right now, culturally, we all know, and I use the term Karen. um, And for those people who are named Karen out there, I apologize (laughs) for any derogatory moment of that. Um, uh, I have a a bit where I refer to uh, Princess Karen. And that was, I wrote that just before Karen became a name. And I'm like, what? No, 
now I feel like I'm just bandwagoning yeah. on this. So what you're saying, Brian, is you started a movement? No. <laughs> no. no. I'm not taking credit for that the, at all. The, the joke that changed the world? <laughs> no. Not a chance. Well, I guess the nice thing about the joke is I'm not like living paycheck to paycheck anymore. Improvement. Universalism that everybody's not, maybe not everybody, not Karen for sure, but uh, the, sorry, there I go. Uh, <laughs> most people have some experience in their life where they've been paycheck. Maybe I'm naive and I think that everybody's had that experience because the, obviously there are people who are born into money and have the money. The 1%. The 1%ers. Yeah. So we're not talking to you guys. This is for everybody else. Uh, the the, <laughs> the idea 99%ers. That, like, yeah, when, when I was, I, I, I hate to say it this way, but when I was in my early 20s, when I was your age and mid 20s and so on, I was working three jobs um, uh, in order to to pay for stuff and and try and get some get out of debt and pay some savings and and that kind of thing and um and so i know exactly what that's like uh, i i've joked with there are friends of mine out there who say oh i remember when all you ate was and you know and then they have my little list of things and for those yeah. this is the, the quiz for today anybody who knows me from that era from the uh in my early twenties and can, uh, lay out what my typical weekly menu, what it was, uh, I'll, uh, send you some clean comedy time swag. So just contact us through the, uh, through the website. So if somebody can name your broke diet, is that, yeah, <laughs> you know, with the, the Dave Ramsey, it's the rice and beans. Okay. Beans and rice. okay. My, is yours mine, very cliche? Uh, it is, uh, Yes. It's cl- it's cliche for a guy in his early twenties. And uh, can I guess? I actually I've got some clean comedy time swag, so I I'll, I'll refrain from. I don't have any, but can I get or? Yeah. Um, yeah. like yeah, rum, there. I would say ramen noodles or like peanut butter and jelly mac and cheese. Oh, if only. <laughs> I yeah, I don't know. That's the rich people uh, poor diet. <laughs> <laughs> that's the rich people poor diet huh yeah yeah no if, yeah, if we get some traction on this i'll uh i'll i'll be sure to put it on the on the website to answer the the big question what did okay. Ryan do in his 20s? food for but thought it, there but abby we can send you uh some swag yeah. too <laughs> there's, there's always some swag available <laughs> great yeah, so you got that going for you i would uh, love some swag yeah. what kind of swag do you guys have Oh, oh we have. what what don't we have? It's all Mag- <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, buttons and stickers and magnets and uh, pens. The pens are gorgeous. Oh wow, that's yeah. cool. That's so right? cool. They're and they're wonderful. I love swag. Pens. So then yeah. I can say that I have swag. You know, swagger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like uh, like like Jagger, perhaps. Yeah, like hip terms. Yeah. Yeah. My youth, like speaking like my youth. Thank you for coaching us. (laughs) Giving you 101. Swagger. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I always just thought it was was an acronym for stuff we all get, but now. Oh, my gosh. It's way more. So much more than that. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you've been working a lot. You've got promoted. You produced a comedy show, a one-person show with some help from from family <laughs> members to get things started. Um, and the the crowd loved it. And um, 
did did it feel a little bit like a, a hometown crowd for you with, with <laughs> or, or yes. for you or they yes. critical <laughs> they were all people I grew up with because they had gone to my parents' church, so they were they all knew me very well. Sure. <laughs> a little different than the open mic uh, scenario. Yes, it is nerve wracking because at, when I first start, I'm like, if they don't think I'm funny, like yeah. my life is over. They've known me my whole <laughs> that's, life, that's, <laughs> but e- thankfully, everything they cool did. you've ever done is yeah. erased. <laughs> yeah. Well, not even that. Maybe just all respect as a human. <laughs> that, that's perhaps worse. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I think they probably would have, you know, kept loving you and everything. They just would have been From saying. From afar. Like, thank you for coming. It was really nice to see you. Bless yeah. your heart. Bless- oh, oh there, it there it is. Yeah. Yeah. What other gifts do you think God is giving you? <laughs> i think the first time i did a a really long set like that um i was a like a corporate gig that i just like stumbled into and uh i showed up and it was in a conference room and they had a microphone and the speakers and the ceilings and everything and i started talking to the microphone and it was like talk like a burger king drive-through window it was terrible and uh, so I just put the microphone down and did the whole 30 minutes without amplification. Just kind of, I just went, you guys can all hear me, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. And um, that was exhausting, but really fun. Yeah. And I yeah. learned a thousand people were there. Uh, oh, you could like, yell that loud. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can yell it. Yeah. It's like 40 people, but yeah, I'm, I'm a very loud, loud person. Uh, but so when it came to, um, you got done with the show. Did did you feel all a flutter? Did you feel like I know this went well? T- tell me about how it felt when you were wrapping it up. I did not know how it went. I was so nervous. I was sweating really bad. And then because it was like a spread out, not like good crowd. Then I listened back to it and I felt super great. But oh, also good. even after it my sister came up to me my younger sister she came up to me and was like look me in the eye was like you did really good and yeah and she was like very serious and she's not she's sparing with her compliments so Mm. (laughs) yeah Yeah. so i was like okay she means it (laughs) that's that's good that's awesome yeah i've i've found when i'm on stage if i feel like it went really bad uh and I listen back to it later. It's never as bad as I felt like it was. Yeah. Uh, the flip side's true though. If I yeah. if I get off stage and I'm like, man, that was awesome, I'll listen back to the tape and I'm like, well, yeah, not <laughs> as awesome as I thought, but <laughs> right. still uh, yeah. okay. It's, as we said on many occasions, it's never as good or bad as you think it is. Yeah, yeah. And I really think we should re- reverse the words there because words matter. It's never as bad or good as you think it is. I like it. I, yeah. I might uh, tattoo that on my lower back. All right. <laughs> I already have it tattooed on my lower back. Nice. <laughs> well, it's like mid to lower back because it's such sure. a long phrase and I have yeah. it in such big font. Oh, good. <laughs> Excellent. F- font size is, uh, yeah, yeah, an important. Yeah. yeah, it's one word per line. <laughs> <laughs> Centered. Centered and, and bold. <laughs> I always thought if I got a tattoo, I would probably get it done in Helvetica. <laughs> you know, 
I'm, you know, fairly simple in my taste and, you know. I can see you complaining about it afterwards. Like, I said Helvetica. <laughs> this is Helvetica new. What's the matter with you? <laughs> That's uh, so funny. So, Abby, I understand that you haven't always lived in West Michigan. Yeah, I uh, used to live um, in Australia. And I also worked and kind of lived in this country called Papua New Guinea as well. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I lived in Australia for like three years. So how did yeah. that happen? I, uh, was going to college and, As people do. Yep. Yeah. and I was, uh, really unsatisfied and kind of just felt like I, I was wasting time or I didn't know what I was doing. And I had a friend that did this thing, uh, it was called like YWAM or whatever. And uh -huh. she had done it in Chile she was like, you should do it. And I was kind of at this point where I was like, don't really have anything else to lose. Mm -hmm. So I went through that organization for six months and I came mm -hmm. back and then I was like, I'm just going to go back for longer. One day I was living in Australia and I woke up and I couldn't see out of my right eye. And I was like, oh, it's probably just cataracts. <laughs> <laughs> so I go to work. And uh, my boss is like, Abby, what are you doing here? Like, you need to go to the doctor. I was like, oh, whatever, you're being dramatic. <laughs> so I go to the doctor, and the doctor's like looking, doing all these tests, and they look over my eye, and they sit me down, and they're like, so um, you don't have cataracts. You actually have this really rare genetic disease called macular degeneration, and uh, it's juvenile, so it's very rare. And basically, you're just going to have to go blind, and there's nothing we can do about it. And I didn't know how to... <laughs> Someone laughed, because <laughs> I probably already know the rest of the joke. But <laughs> the rest of you guys are like, oh, why would someone laugh at that? <laughs> so they tell me this terrible news, and I have no idea how to react to that. Because how do you react to that? Like, I'm only 24, and I've been told I'm going blind. And um, so I just started hysterically laughing. Uh, oh, and after a couple minutes, the doctor goes, I'm so glad you're taking this well. <laughs> yeah, I was always so scared to fall asleep, too, uh, because it happened overnight. And I was always afraid, like, oh, what if this is the last thing that I see? You know, darkness. <laughs> You just scolded him for laughing. So yeah. here on his, do we do we laugh? Do we what? What can that poor girl see? Yeah. <laughs> the joke grenade of that is uh, why I wanted to include it uh, here in, the, in our podcast. Simply because it's got this great uh, silence that feels like forever. It's less than a second, but it feels like so long before somebody in the audience gets it. Oh, darn. Uh, I love that. Uh, okay. So uh, we found out how you got there, how you got to Australia. We have a story about you were living in Australia, but now this is the part where I, I know a little bit about the end of the story here. So what happened? You, they told you you were going to go blind, and what happened next? Yeah. Um, so, a little bit of background. My dad's actually also 
Uh, he's legally blind. He has like uh, I have seen him and seen his glasses. So they're yeah. very thick. Yeah. <laughs> One of his eyes is like dead, and the other other eye looks yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, so actually, all of us kids that he had have cataracts. We were born with it. And wow. I kind of was not bad. Like it doesn't affect my vision, but it is not good to be born with that. Um, and so we all kind of knew, like, you know, weren't naive to the fact that something might happen. And um, yeah, I not honestly, it was just a, any regular day when I woke up and out of my right eye, it was just like the center was just a big black hole. And I kind of freaked out because I was like, maybe it's just my cataracts. And then I went, I talked to somebody, they're like, cataracts doesn't develop that quickly. And I was like, oh yeah, crap. (laughs) (laughs) And it was hard to process at first because like it was, it didn't take me long to realize what my reality was going to look like because I lived with somebody who was like, you know, can see. And so I know pretty quick how it would implicate on my entire life and how my whole life would change and that was really hard to come to grips with I actually was I think I was 23 or 22 instead of 24 Mm. so a few years like I'm 25 now Uh, but I was still a young adult like I wanted to get married I want to you know just have these really cool things in life uh, that you that not being able to see would really diminish the quality of that or, you know, drive a car. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wouldn't be able to drive. So many things we take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Everything. And, (laughs) and it was hard because I would walk around and just like, I honestly, I'm so glad it happened because it really broke something within me. Cause like I was really not as in touch with my feelings, but now I can cry a lot easier, but that was cause I was crying every day, like nonstop. Cause it was like, constantly reminded that I couldn't see just by opening my eyes and then if I go to sleep it's like the fear of like what's actually going to happen so it's like you don't want any either to see like have your eyes open or close because you're just constantly like haunted by it wow yeah so and it's something people don't think about but like when it's happening to you it's really real I did not expect anything to change. Like I thought this was going to be my entire reality. Like I was too scared to ask God if he would heal me because how could I ask or pray that when my own dad doesn't have that, you know? And I just felt like that was really selfish and I couldn't do that. So I actually never like prayed and asked God if he would heal me because I felt like that was too selfish. And um, then my dad and a lot of other people Uh, would pray for me. But I think what broke me the most was the fact that my dad was so faithful to pray for me every day and like really want that healing of my eyesight because um, like, like he can't see and he's asking for me to see like, that's crazy. Like he loves me that much. Mm. I couldn't even fathom that kind of love until I was able to like experience it firsthand. And yeah. And then uh, the next time I went into the eye doctor after a few months, 
of losing my eyesight, it completely reversed itself. I, my macula fully regenerated itself, which is impossible. And I've been to five different specialists and they all have the same crazy, like, they're all like, this can't be. And they all like <laughs> need to take photos of it and like examine it further. Cause they're like, you shouldn't be able to see. And they all freak out. So it's kind of fun going to the eye doctor now because I like to see them freak out <laughs> at my anomaly. Yeah. Um, That's what happens when I go to the doctor too, though. So. <laughs> Anyway. It's just a complete anomaly. There. Yeah. I can't believe he's walking and breathing. <laughs> that was <even> possible. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty cool and a, such a humbling experience and has fully changed my life. And I never thought something like that would ever happen to me. Well, oh. it, boy, you know, and hearing you tell that story, I'm sure that's a difficult story to tell because there are all these other things uh, associated with it. Like, like, you know, if you were healed, how are other people going to respond to that? You know, are, yeah. are people going to be mad because they didn't get a healing? Are people, mm-hmm. you know, so that there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of depth there and there's a lot of challenges in sharing that story. So thanks. I applaud you for sharing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I absolutely, um, knowing just a, a touch of the story, I really wanted to hear the whole story or more of it anyway. So I completely set you up for that. Um, and, uh, and honestly here on the clean comedy time podcast, we have not yet had a story of miraculous healing, (laughs) but bucket list check. (laughs) (laughs) The craziest thing is it gave me so much perspective in like when somebody has cancer, when somebody's sick, I was so upset how, some people I would say, Oh yeah. Like they'd be like, what's wrong. And I'd be like, Oh yeah. I'm like, I'm going blind. And then they'd be so quick to like, want to pray for healing. But I was so depressed. Like I was so trauma, like traumatized by that experience. And everybody just wanted to pray for the healing. But I was so distraught by how few people actually wanted to pray for my emotional needs and how I was mm. feeling. Cause that was affecting me so much heavier than the like physical ailments itself like the amount of like emotional distress i was feeling was just so much greater and i feel like when i was able to work through that that i was able to see see healing after that but when i was in that place like i don't i don't know like it was just really hard to have any faith and any hope Mm. wow Man, that that is deep, right there, Abby. Yeah. Uh, well, to, to think about that because it, no, I think I think that's really worth digging into just a little bit deeper because, like, I mean, if you see somebody as, as a Christian who believes in healing, if we see somebody that uh, um, is battling with something, it's not always the best thing to do to step up and and pray for that. Like, like you said, there's other things going on too. Yeah. And it almost, it almost seemed like it, not to like say this, but also it seemed kind of like a prideful thing. Like that's how I perceived it. Like people wanted to be the ones to give me the healing, but didn't want to stick around for my emotional needs Mm. or be there in the hard times. They just wanted to be there for that. Wow. Factor or that. Wow. Moment. Yeah. Man, that's uh, that's that's a powerful testimony, Abby, and that's and that is different than most of the testimonies. I mean, most of the time when we put a testimony together or share our testimony, it's a it's a nice little ribbon or bow tied around it, and it's everything was bad, 
then all of a sudden this happened and now everything's good. But you're saying I was going blind. I was healed. But the real thing that was overlooked was the emotional pain I was going through during that process. That's that's huge. I think the way I see heal, like healing now, I think the mind is so incredibly powerful. And even just like with my body, like when I feel better, like positively and emotionally, I am like my body feels better physically, you know, and when I'm feeling sad or down, I know that I also physically feel more tired or exhausted. Yeah. And I think there's just such a strong connection between them, between the mind and the body and your like kind of spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us a review on Apple Podcasts so it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Hey, if you're enjoying this podcast, check out my other podcast as well. It's called A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. In that podcast, uh, we take a deep dive into who people are, what's going well in their lives, and what they're struggling with. I know I'm always amazed at how deep those conversations go and how much I learn about other people and even about myself through just a quick chat. Find it everywhere by searching A Quick Chat with the Unemployed Alcoholic. Welcome back, Abby. Uh, thank you so much in the first half for sharing a little bit about who you are and your comedic process and certainly about uh, your testimony and some of the things that you experienced throughout that. Uh, what uh, What's going well in your life right now? Um, what's going well is a lot of things. Um, something I've been meditating on lately is I, I think this year has been really hard in a lot of ways, but... Um, uh, you, so- you don't say... <laughs> yeah, but a piece of uh, some a scripture that's been uh, really motivating me is, um, to, I can't remember what verse it is, but it's how God's kindness is what leads me to repentance. And um, just thinking about in this world, I feel like it can be really hard and harsh and yeah, angry and bitter and just a lot of negativity, but just I don't know, just meditating on the fact that like, uh, God is kind and, and I really feel that and that when he's so kind to me and so generous and so loving to me, it's, you know, what leads me to want to be better because Mm -hmm. he's just so good to me that I feel like when I realize it and look back on it, I'm like, how, you know, how do I even deserve like, I don't deserve all of this and it makes me want to like be better and like repent or, you know, ask for forgiveness and just change my bad habits that are just not even just bad, but just like not putting me in a good mental space, not growing me. And I feel like if it's not growing me closer to the person I want to be, then it's not helping me. Yeah. Do you mind if I throw in a couple of scripture references with this? Yeah, I would love it. You know, this kind of stuff pops into my head too. This is. Yeah, no, um, use your gifts. So the uh, Romans 2, it's it's that the sense of what you were getting across there is um, uh, not knowing um, God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance and that it's that kindness that helps you realize 
you know, gosh, God has been so kind to me. How can I do anything but get closer to God? Yeah. Uh, and then uh, 2 Corinthians 7, um, and this uh, is kind of the same idea, but it starts with the perspective of grief, that there's uh, grief that produces repentance. So it's that understanding of, oh, here is something that has gone well, here is something that has gone poorly. Boy, this sounds like a, that'd be a good tagline for a podcast. It's have <laughs> the good stuff, the bad stuff. Um, that, uh, Does he lead... say anything about the funny in there? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's mostly Old Testament, though. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's uh, yeah, there's there's grief that produces repentance and that leads to salvation. Without regret, um, worldly grief produces death. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so I, I don't want to Those apologize. are good. Apologize Don't for apologize. Those are good. I really like those. That's and the... yeah, that, the Romans 12 too is what I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Cool. Cool. All right. Well, uh, sorry, Aaron, I didn't yeah. mean to derail you. Uh, no, no, so no. that's my good. Um, but one thing, I mean, I guess this can tie back even to a lesson that I learned is uh, like, so the, the Israelites were God's chosen people and yeah. talks a lot about it in the Old Testament. Assuming listeners have never read the Bible, I am very passionate about it. Um, but they were wandering in the desert and God had promised this place for them to go and to flourish because they were stuck in slavery from this from Egypt for a long time. And they were actually wandering around the desert for 40 years when it could have taken them like a week or a month to do it. And... That's someone that had told me that we don't get to choose how long our wilderness is, but we can always make it longer. Mm, like the mm. Israelites didn't get to choose that it was going to, would have taken them a week long, yeah. but by their complaining and their like bad attitudes, they made that wilderness 40 years or whatever, way more longer than it was supposed to be. And I was thinking that like th- a lot through, like when I was losing my eyesight, I was like, this is really hard, but I don't want to, complain or have that negative attitude because like whatever wilderness seasons or difficult seasons I go through, like I can always make them longer, but I can't make them shorter. So just try to make the most of it. And so this year has been the same thing, just trying to not lengthen my wilderness time or the time that I'm in this frustration and not knowing, but, uh, just have a positive attitude. And I think, you know, things have been going really well for me lately. I just got a, car, a new car and this new job. And it kind of just feels like a lot of things are really clicking for me. Yeah. So like, I'm kind of coming out of this difficult time. And it's really nice. I think if there's one thing that the whole um, pandemic and how we respond to it appropriately, and what doesn't lengthen our wilderness time, anything that has taught me of that is do not pray for patience because <laughs> that will jack you up. Yeah. That, that is uh, exciting to hear though, Abby. I mean, in the midst of all those good things that are happening, the job, the car, the first thing that you say about what's going well is this is a tough time and I'm thankful for, you know, for what God's doing through it, you know, tremendous. It's, it's, yeah. it's incredible to hear the, the gratitude in your voice, not about the circumstantial stuff, uh, even though those things are great, you know, the job, the car, that's, that's great. But the deeper, uh, more relational stuff, the grace, you know, being thankful about the grace that you see with, with God. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. 
again, Abby. I am just so grateful to hear about the things that are going well in your life now. And, and those are well-deserved uh, things. Uh, what's something you're struggling with? I think I'm getting like more on track with it and whatnot. But something I've been struggling a little bit with is just, I guess, like, finding my, you know, realigning with what I feel like my purpose is and what, you know, my identity is. And I think with any huge change, you know, that's going to, you know, you're going to have to question that within yourself and you're going to have to kind of dig deep again because change, um, you know, you go through the steps of grief every time you feel change or big changes and the bigger the change, you know, the more grief you're going to have to mentally process through and through the stages of grief, I just think about who am I? What's my purpose? You know, what am I doing with my life? And I really do struggle with comparison a lot. I have uh, five siblings and um, I, I mean, I do comedy and, you know, I do th- things a little different. Like I moved to Australia, um, but sometimes I wish that I was like my siblings who kind of settled down more and got married and were, you know, on this like nice timeline for life. And I kind of have to remind myself like, okay, I'm different person. I'm doing different things. And to like, not, you know, find my identity in the possessions I have or like the titles I have or, you know, the statuses in life that I am at. So that's definitely what I've been struggling with, but I'm kind of working on it, I guess. Well, you know, I, I too uh, can fall victim of comparison thinking, you know, I can, it's, it's easy for me, especially in the world of comedy, in the world of entrepreneurship, you know, it's so easy. Yeah. Art, it's so easy to look around and say, oh, relatively I'm doing well or I'm not doing well. And it's not... It's a trap. It's it's just a path that leads to to unproductive thinking and depression. It's uh, you know each one of us are on our own individual journeys, and and you, Abby, your journey is incredible. You know, <laughs> you you are doing exciting things. You have done exciting things. You're living life. You're in the moment. You know, and and uh, you're experiencing things, uh, and those those are special. You know, you earlier on in the podcast, and you touched on it just a minute ago as well. You know, you said you talked about purpose and 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 something. You know, you talked about purpose. Yeah. You have purpose. You're sharing a gift of laughter with people with the underlying purpose of honoring your God. It's awesome to have people affirm me in that and remind me of that. I think that's definitely awesome. Thanks, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. And it's uh, sometimes it's hard to hear affirmation. You know, sometimes if you're sitting there in need of of healing, uh, it's hard to hear somebody praying over you uh, asking for healing. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to look in the mirror. It can be for me. It can be hard to look in the mirror and think I'm worthy of healing. I'm worthy of being spoken to positively. I'm worthy of these things. I'm worthy of love, worthy of adoration. 
and you are, and I am. Brian, we'll throw you in the mix too. You're, you're hey, anyone hang. listening? Anyone I, listening? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just going to stop at the. Uh, it's hard to look in the mirror for me, hey, but oh. uh, <laughs> I appreciate you uh, taking that farther. <laughs> Yeah, that's really good stuff. Well, Abby, if uh, somebody wanted to um, hire you, if somebody wanted to reach out to you and find you uh, out in the the world, the internet, and so on, uh, what would be uh, the best ways for them to uh, to find uh, Abby Lemke, the comedian? If they want to, if they want to have me on a show, I mean, my email is Abigail Lemke one two three at Gmail because I made an Abigail Lemke at Gmail, but I forgot the password, so I had to make an <laughs> Abigail Lemke one two three. Did, did you forget it hundred and twenty two times? I don't know, but oh no, I just <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> no, and for Jokes, some reason everybody. I didn't have a backup email, so okay. here we are. Yeah, um, but right. I also have Facebook, uh, like Abby Lemke, A B B I E L E M K E. I'll probably be tagged in this, so you will be. Yeah, yeah. we'll tag in. We'll put this, uh, put the links to your Facebook and uh, and we drop your email uh, in the podcast on our website as well, cleancomedytime.com. Nice. Well, Abby, what a delight having you on the show. Yes, yes, yes. Absolute pleasure to have you on here, Abby. I think if people come away with anything, you know, people uh, probably have seen you on the stage and they look at you and say, ah, she's this, you know, 20-something and so on. But I think um, hearing you speak today, we're going to be rather overwhelmed with uh, the wisdom uh, and that uh, belies your years that has been uh, terrific to witness today. So thank you for being on the show. Oh, thank you guys. This is such an honor. And I love being in places where I can speak freely and really what's on my heart. And uh, I'm so glad I was able to do that on that podcast or this podcast, that <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes, I did four or five weeks ago. <laughs> Which podcast is that? Well, thanks for having me. This was so fun. I love, I love it. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 